Nick Brown, Global Health Editor at Archives. I want to introduce uh, two colleagues who recently wrote a fascinating paper on the use of mobile technology in low- and middle-income countries. This is a, a newish concept, although it's developed quite a head of steam over the last few years. And, um, and mobile technology specifically has been in the forefront of that. The paper is called Enhancing Emergency Care in Low-Income Countries Using Mobile Technology-Based Training Tools. So this has a particular training focus. So let me introduce Chris Payton, um, the Group Head of Global Health Informatics Centre for Tropical Health at Oxford, and Hilary Edgecombe, Consultant Anaesthetist at Oxford, who has an interest in medical education in LMICs. Welcome. Thank you. It's worth saying that Hilary and Chris, with a colleague Mike English, are working on an educational app specifically for use in this setting. The whole, the whole paper is fascinating. For those who uh, don't know the area, any, well, anyone who doesn't isn't aware of this area should really read the paper. But could you give us, for those who don't know um, what's going on, could you provide a bit of background? So what, what can mobile technology offer in LMICs? So shall I go first? Um, so uh, there's been one of the reasons why we've got interested in this is because over the past few years, there's been quite a rapid increase in the adoption of mobile phones um, in Africa, and especially in Kenya, which is the area uh, where we're doing our research. And uh, uh, some figures, for example, that there's now something like 80% of the Kenyan population now have access to a mobile phone. And that's increased uh, from something like 10% in 2002. And they're using them for all sorts of things, but things like farmers are using text messages to get prices for their goods. And there's a system called M-Pesa, which is a mobile payment system where you can pay for goods uh, using text messages, which has taken off enormously. And so they're kind of using their mobile phones for services that we in England or elsewhere might use an online site for or even traditional services. So they're kind of using their mobile phones where we wouldn't. So we think that there's an opportunity, especially in uh, teaching, to use um, mobile phones uh, for delivering material that they wouldn't otherwise uh, have access to. And there's also quite a few um, healthcare initiatives outside of teaching um, where people are using mobile phones, especially around text messaging. So things like uh, appointment reminders uh, to attend the HIV clinic or just um, information and uh, healthcare messaging on a, a range of diseases where people wouldn't be able to get access to healthcare professionals, but because they have a mobile phone, they can see the information on their mobile phone. So over the past few years, we've just seen a real, quite a fast adoption of lots of exciting new kind of programs and our interest in the program that we're kind of working on is how can we use the mobile phones for uh, educating people about treating emergencies in children. Okay, so that's, 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 that's really helpful. So mobile phone ownership is now very high. I, real, I realise that. And so um, the potential uses are now uh, in the public consciousness. So what, what sort of, what's the target audience for, for your educational tool or tools? Well, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, the idea behind using mobiles is to enable access to tools or to education for people who have difficulties accessing other educational routes. So that is likely to be a more rural population. Um, it's likely to be health workers who are, are working single-handed or just in small numbers at district hospitals. Uh, it's likely to be people who have difficulty affording the money they need to go on face-to-face -face courses. 
so I think where this technology has real scope is in those populations uh, who increasingly, as Chris says, do have mobile access and even smartphone access uh, these days. Okay, and the sorts of courses that are being run or this, um, the sorts of apps that are being developed, what, uh, is there an under, underpinning common theme? Um, or if you could give a few examples, that would be really helpful. Thanks. I mean, in terms of looking at uh, what's out there elsewhere in the world, as it were, aside from the project that uh, Chris and I are involved with, there's quite a lot. I wouldn't say there's an underpinning theme at the moment. Clearly, there's been more generation of apps full stop in the high income world, although um, the low and middle income world is, is catching up very rapidly. In terms of teaching and training, I think the apps that are available can broadly be divided into apps that just aim to replicate but make available existing teaching resources. So apps that enable textbooks to be read on smartphones uh, or tablets, for example. The second category is really apps that use features of uh, mobile technology which aren't available through other educational routes. And, and I think that's a particularly interesting field. So, for example, uh, there are a couple of apps both developed in the high income world that use uh, the ability of a mobile phone to detect movement uh, to teach. Um, one of those examples is in the field of uh, fiber optic intubation. Um, the makers have developed a, what they call an eye larynx, a virtual airway, and the learner holds their phone as if it were a fiber optic scope to guide it through the airway and learns a motor skill through doing that, which I think is a really interesting idea. Um, similarly, um, using the, the motion sensors of mobile phones, there are a number of apps, but a particular one called RCP Coach, um, which was uh, developed in Spain, uh, looks at analysing the uh, rate and effectiveness of CPR on a mannequin in order to train people effectively. I think the other area where phones offer something slightly different is in the immediacy of um, communication. So a couple are using social media, um, Twitter, to, uh, to tweet educational facts to the app users. Another is uh, sending text messages with targeted questions, which the learner gets a notification of and a reminder for if they don't respond. When they respond, they then get immediate feedback on whether they were right or wrong. And that seems to be adding a, a different type of educational method to what's out there already. Um, so that there are a number of really innovative and interesting ideas going on. Very interesting, really innovative, innovative, innovative uh, stuff out there. Well, is, is there any way that you can assess learning using these apps? Well, yeah, I mean, I very much hope so. And I think our, part of our, our vision, certainly, and I'm sure the vision of many who are developing these apps is to try and work out actually how do they function as learning tools um, and how could they function more effectively and what can they do and what can't they do. Um, there's an absolutely fascinating uh, article by uh, David Cook, which we've referenced in, in our article, looking at ways that uh, technology-enhanced learning, which includes mobile tech, although it's not limited to it, um, is evaluated. And he makes the excellent point that although learning outcomes are incredibly important, there's a lot else to evaluate about using technology in learning particularly thinking about how, how usable it is, what the experiences of using it, what costs and sustainability uh, factors are involved. Um, and I'd really recommend that review, actually, to, to people who are interested in the evaluation side. 
Um, but yes, we absolutely hope uh, hope evaluation is a, a key part of app development in this field. How do you see things in five, ten years' time, extrapolating that question? So I think um, mobile technologies, the big change that's going on at the moment is probably the move from non-smartphone phones to smartphone phones. So um, if you look at kind of uh, how people in Kenya and other African countries are using mobile phones, there seems to be a kind of fairly rapid adoption of smartphones as well as normal phones. And it might even be that the adoption of smartphones is happening more quickly than the adoption of mobile phones happened. So we'll be able to see more interesting um, applications with more features and more functions. Um, and that's kind of going to happen now and in the short term. Over the longer term, we kind of hope that, especially for educational apps, that there's more integration with traditional teaching. So if a university is running a course, they might have access to the course on the mobile phones, or they might continue to um, have access to the students and the students to the teachers after they've finished a course with their mobile phones or something like that. And also integration with other medical IT systems as they get put in. Um, and then there's some quite interesting new devices that are coming out kind of around about now and in the future. And we kind of see um, an inkling of what they could do in education. So one of the things that we've been looking at a little bit with our life project, which is our, which is an app, an e-learning app that we're developing, but we're looking at how we could use uh, virtual reality um, using a mobile phone. So you're putting a mobile phone into a headset to have it as a virtual reality application. And there's a whole range of new devices where they do either virtual reality where you are just immersed in a virtual simulation or augmented reality where you can um, either teleconference with people or uh, uh, see a virtual objects in the real world where you've got a kind of see-through headset which just projects images onto it. So those are some of the areas that I think might be interesting to explore and might have some educational benefit. And the price of these kind of technologies is becoming quite low. And I think Google has got a, a cardboard virtual reality headset where you can put your mobile phone in that costs something like $10. So there really is there's these kind of devices, if they're proved to be useful, I think they could penetrate quite widely across the world, really. It certainly sounds so. And I, and I guess medical schools in the future, but, you know, both in high and LMICs, would, um, and the whole flavour of tuition could change as a result of this. Yeah, I think so. I think um, just connecting people as well is something that uh, mobile phones are doing. So even... Uh, so now everyone's text messaging and in the, with smartphones, there's um, things like WhatsApp, which is quite widely used in Kenya, especially in the pediatric community. But with virtual reality and other technology, you might see that there's more just connections between people so that they can uh, discuss their educational needs and with students uh, between themselves as well as between students and teachers. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole new there's a, there's a new new world opening up. Thank you, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I'd, I'd like to talk for longer, but I, I hope that spurs people to re reading the paper. And um, I, I'm sure we'll develop this over over the future months and the medium term in in archives, as this is this is something we don't want to miss out on. Thank you very much. Thank you Thanks very so much. much.